You're listening to The Beecast, the official podcast of Beeplans.com. Each week we discuss the latest news, resources, and advice for entrepreneurs and small business owners. I'm Jonathan Michael. And I'm Peter Thorson. This week, Peter and I talk to Tim Berry, founder of Palo Alto Software, about lean business planning. Hey, Peter, we're really excited today. We have Tim Berry, founder hey, of... Really excited. Palo Alto Software with Fantastic. us, expert yes. in business planning here with us today. Absolutely. And he's here to talk about the concept uh, of lean planning, which is something that we've definitely adopted here at Palo Alto Software. Uh, B Plans has lots of great articles about it, some by Tim, uh, some by other folks here at, uh, at the B Plans team. But I think we just wanted to get a good overview, a good solid foundational understanding of what do we mean when we say lean planning, and even maybe what does the word lean mean in this context? What's the lean mean? Welcome, Tim. So maybe you can answer that for us. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be here. This is exciting. I wish our audience could see all the gadgets and stuff and the uh, trappings of this that are, uh, it's kind of fun. It's fun to be here. It's like a uh, sci-fi studio. They right? might be horrified. We're out, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, they're missing the visual, and I, <laughs> I apologize for that. No, the visual is terrible. No, never mind. You're missing nothing. Lean, let's start with lean. Lean started in the 30s and 40s. Uh, w. Edwards Deming was the main advocate, an American with a lot of academic credentials, who was in Japan at the time. And what lean meant initially is try it, test it, and change it, taking small steps along the way, and that became lean manufacturing. And they also called it the Toyota way as Toyota went in the 50s and 60s from, oh, look at this, the Japanese have autos, how cute, to, oh my God, they're way better than ours are, what do we do about it? That was the first time in business industry setting that you have people talking about lean. So from there, in the last, say, 10 years, Lean was adapted by Eric Reese in his book, The Lean Startup, and Steve Blank in a lot of subsequent writing about it. Lean was adapted to apply the same sort of take a small step, analyze results, and adapt and change and keep changing in small steps, which is the essence of what is now extremely trendy, the lean startup now. Every startup has to be lean, and there's, there's a lot of that mystique that goes along with lean startup. That's great. I think that's good to clarify. I think a lot of people hear lean, and they assume they mean not spending a lot of money, a lean budget, where it's often used in, a, you know, in sort of a budgeting sense. So really this idea of testing getting that feedback and looping back and changing the product or changing the process is really interesting. I think like Tim said, a lot of folks who hear lean, lean startup these days apply it to tech to startup to app development. But it's interesting to know that it started in this manufacturing space. And you know, just I think some of that really applies to some of our audience, the main street type businesses who might not understand how to apply lean. So let's talk about that a little more. Can use probably some of the earlier stage ideas even more so than these more, you know, app-centric sort of versions of, of lean. Is that does that seem right to you? Absolutely. There's 
PDCA that goes back to lean manufacturing 50 years ago, plan, do, check, adjust, PDCA, that then you find that in the lean startup when they talk about the minimum viable product. It's really, for me, I mean, the, the idea of small steps is what I've taken out of that as I've looked at that through the years. Small steps followed by turn around and look at what you've accomplished, analyze results as you take the next step. It's funny, it really jibes with my experience too in you know starting in software where uh, back when I began, the launch was the big thing. Everyone builds up to launch day, go live day, whatever you call it, and nowadays it really does seem like much more like what you said, where it's about getting something out and then getting the feedback and making that something better. Uh, that's really interesting. And I think, you know, again, when we think about a, you know, a baker uh, or, you know, a frozen dough company like Jonathan wanted to start, mm -hmm. you might think about, you know, putting two different versions out, you know, sort of an A-B test, as we call it online, A-B test uh, some new cookie you're trying, you know, some uh, two types of sugar in that cookie see what the feedback is, see how it goes. There's ways to apply these kinds of philosophies, really, like you said, to almost any type of business out there. It's just a matter of sometimes being a little more creative. So that's awesome. So that's a good overview of lean, what we're talking about when we say the word lean. So how does that apply to the concept of planning then? Because you've got lean planning here together. It starts for me with the plan should be simple, just big enough to accomplish its business purpose. Lean comes really into context of keep this plan short, simple, just the basics, expect to be reviewing results often. Expect that plan to be kept alive by a planning process that includes a monthly review. And because of the way that process works, here it is 2015, you have to keep it smaller. You don't write out what you're not going to use. You do just the plan that you're going to use and review it and revise it often. And that, for me, is where lean manufacturing had PDCA for plan, do, check, adjust. I say for lean business planning, it's PRRR for plan, run, review, revise. Which is easier for you to remember, Jonathan? Is that going to stay in the show? Are we I keeping hope, that? I don't know. That's my only sound that I've made well, so far. I think we lost like 100 listeners just with that, <laughs> with that one sound. Thanks for that. Great, the, but very memorable. Very memorable. Uh, on the we'll other hand, there is the internet, sad to say, of kittens. So Jonathan's sound, I mean, I'm just hitting a demographic, knows? man. That's Maybe all. we just increased our traffic by That's working in point. kittens. That's a great point. You so know, I like Tim on here. He backs me up. He defends me, my choices. <laughs> It's a good move. You know, Tim, there's a, an article that came across through Forbes this week saying don't write a business plan and getting into that idea of starting small, you know, testing, revising. What would you say to people who say even the idea of lean business planning is, is not necessary? Just get straight into starting it up and learn as you go. Why do you still need to plan? You know, I think every one of those, I've dealt with the experts uh, and the don't do a business plan. I think you confront any one of the personalities saying that and ask them, well, what do you think about setting priorities? Oh, absolutely. What do you think about having a strategy that's focused on a specific identity and target market? They'll say, absolutely. 
What about tactics that match strategy? They'll say, absolutely. What about milestones? Oh, yeah, you need milestones. And what about sales and expense forecasts and doing plan versus actual so you can manage cash flow? They're always going to say yes. So we get into this strange wonder world of vocabulary so that if you define business plan as a long, formal, traditional document that you're going to spend too long doing and then forget and never look at again, well, of course, don't do a business plan. It's like if I define regular exercise as waking up one day and running 50 miles, that's probably not very useful. <laughs> so if I define it like that, well, then don't do it. You know, So the don't do a business plan crowd, they're defining it in a way that by their very definition, it's not useful. And meanwhile, back in the real world, business people who are trying to run a business had, can get enormous benefit from writing down a few bullet points. Here's our focus. Here's our tactics. So they see how they match. And then here's our milestones. So they work to them. And here's our forecast. And then take a couple hours a month and review and revise. Everybody who cares about their business can benefit from that process. So why do we have this thing about don't do a business plan? Don't do an obsolete formal business plan that you're not going to use. Do it small, do it lean, and use it to run your business better. I mean, there's my answer. That's great. Yeah, in the pitch uh, episode, our earlier episode, where we were talking about this idea of the quick pitch, this you know sim similar to this lean plan concept, we talked a little bit about using the work that you put into that plan as then a way of managing the business, whether it's helping your employees understand their goals as they fit into the larger goals, or talking to strategic partners or new hires, or you know potential uh, folks who might want to acquire your business. All these reasons are good to have uh, a plan like this on hand. So it's really, I think what Tim's saying here is it includes, it's not just financials. This is some text elements, this is some bullet points, some thinking elements as well. Uh, so it's a fairly robust uh, unit, a, a fairly robust plan document at the same time as it is a lean uh, sort of element. And Jonathan, maybe we can share uh, what a good outline looks like or what some of the most critical components are in a, in a link or a, a clickable link. How do you guys do this on the, on the internet? <laughs> we tell people to go to a link and then they have to go to it. They and, have to type it in. And then I email them a PDF. We'll, uh, we'll have show notes uh, that people mm. can see uh, through iTunes or on SoundCloud or even on bplans.com. Uh, and in those, we can link to a free bplans resource called the One Page Business Pitch Template. Oh, right. uh, you can download that. And that really encourages you to get your business ideas down on one page, do those bullet points um, in kind of that lean model. I feel good about that. Mm -hmm. So me and Tim will build a hypercard deck and uh, we'll email it out to everyone who needs a copy. I don't think that's at all what I said. Are you too young for a hypercard deck? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to download our free one-page business pitch template, simply visit bit.ly slash one-page pitch. That's all lowercase and all one word, one-page pitch. Once again, the web address is bit.ly forward slash one page pitch. So Jonathan, thanks for the links. I'm sure our users will get out there and download some of those files. If they want to get serious about a lean plan, they can also get LivePlan from liveplan.com. Check out some articles on B plans for free anytime. 
Uh, but Tim, the, the ideas that we're talking about here, are, they seem a little conceptual, right? Like, are we talking about a strategic plan? Are we talking about actually executing on this? How do the, the two meet? Where do you get from the ideas of what you want to get to versus how you actually get there? Yeah, let me make that specific with some recommendations that I've drawn out of my years with business planning. What I think just about every business needs that ought to be in a lean plan. And I'll start with the overview. It's strategy, tactics, specifics like milestones, and the forecast that you're going to run plan versus actual. So those, there's four things. And it, can, I, can I go through each one? Sure. So that's S-T-S-F. Jonathan, <laughs> you want to pronounce it? Let's bypass the, uh, the acronyms. Let's stiff it for Okay, good. Yeah. All right, great. Memorable. Thank There's you for no that. There's no vowels. You can't... Yeah. No, it's yeah. impossible. It's just, it's just a noise that comes out. Yeah. All right. So great strategy. Yes. What's strategy? Real-world strategy, not the whole academic stuff. Strategy for me is focus in three dimensions. The first is identity. How are you different? Strengths and weaknesses, stuff like that. You're not just a restaurant. You're a Thai restaurant with organic food. Or you're not just a website. You're the website about this for people who have this in common. And that identity stems from the identity of the founders, usually. The core culture, the, the, the core competency. There's a lot of jargon in there. But you know what I mean. That's identity. The other thing is market. That's two of three. Market. Who is your target market? Who isn't your target market? If you're the Thai restaurant with organic, then is your market couples, higher income, students, whatever? That's the second part of strategic focus. And the third is business offering, product, or service. You know, If your restaurant is going to be for upscale occasions for people and it's fine food and it's farm to table or local, well, the product you offer has to match the promise you make and the people to whom you're making the promise. So I say strategy, simply put, is those three concepts and in all cases, it's focus. And for the strategy part of a lean business plan, write a few bullet points. Because what happens, and we've all been there, is the entrepreneur, we want to do everything for everybody. That's our instinct. Oh, you want drive-through? Well, I'm going to take that fancy sushi restaurant <laughs> and add drive-through to it, right? We want to do everything. But if our lean plan serves with just a few bullet points, this is not elaborate text. This is not description. This is just our reminder, oh, that's not our focus. Then that will help us later to make the decision. Maybe we've come up with a great new idea to expand into a contiguous market, and maybe we're just trying to please everybody, which is the secret to failure. So there's strategy, and I'm talking about a page maybe of bullet points as a reminder. So strategy, that sounds good. That's one of our S's. One of our S's. <laughs> right, Jonathan? Yeah, and what's the next one? I, f I forget. Well, I think it was ST, so yeah, let's go. Yeah, we go from strategy to tactics. Right. Okay. And I have loved for decades the, the interplay between strategy and tactics. Sometimes people can go off on a tangent and try to define which is which, which I don't care about. I say, look, without tactics, your strategy is just waste. You're just, you're, if you don't have tactics to execute, then there is no strategy. I like tactics as the second part of a lean business plan because 
that gets you thinking about alignment. So tactics are basically another list of bullet points, but your tactics are going to be what decades ago in the elaborate business plan was the marketing plan or the product plan. Tactics are going to be pricing, conversion strategies, SEO, uh, launches, features and benefits. Tactics will be what I really need to do in the day-to-day to make that strategy happen. That's interesting. So in the Thai restaurant example, a strategic point might be we are going to be competitive on price. We're going to be the cheapest in town. But it's not really strategic to say we're a Thai restaurant that's reasonably priced. You have to have something else. Like you said, some aspect of your your personality, your DNA, what makes you unique in that section. And so there's where you have tactics. You just blew up my high-end Thai restaurant into Mm. a low-end Thai restaurant. (laughs) And notice how the tactics would be different. If you're a high-end Thai restaurant, then tactics have to do with pricing, sourcing, menu items. And the same for the low end. So the low end has daily specials and where they're advertising and what they're advertising might be different. The tactics for the low end Thai restaurant might include a lot of discounts in the newspaper. Whereas for the high end, you're not discounting because that brings in a different crowd. So you're working on reviews and et cetera. You see how those have to align your tactics are the specifics of pricing and channels and what you're delivering, what's on your menu, and the strategy is the overall. And with a lean plan, strategy and tactics, tactics are also just a page or two of bullet points. We're not writing for outsiders, our reminders. And in doing that, it's going to help us keep those in alignment. All right. So there's a, like a little bit of a maybe a chicken and egg problem. Is that is that fair to say? What if I've got a bunch of tactics, but I've never thought strategically, uh, or I think I have a very clear idea of my strategy, and sometimes the tactics start to fall out of line with it? How do, which one has to adjust? Which do we meet in the middle? Is it a negotiation? How do we figure that out? Uh, there, Peter. There you <laughs> have why we take the time to write down our lean business plan in bullets. There you have it. Because as business owners, we're all going to do the same. We're thinking strategy and tactics when we're alone in the car, in the shower, whatever. This is, this is the stuff. If we didn't like this and weren't thinking about it, we wouldn't have started the business, right? We're all doing this. But there comes the planning. Because in the process of writing down a few bullets for strategy, and writing down a few bullets for tactics, what happens is normal humans will think of them in conjunction, will think of them working together. And that the mere thing of writing it down, not to mention we're going to do review and revise once a month, but just writing them down gets us thinking about how they relate and does this tactic make sense for that market and that business offering. That's part of the reason that we still want planning if we're going to do what we can to get the most out of our business. Okay, so that's strategy and tactics kind of go hand in hand. What was next in the list? Concrete specifics, which are really milestones. You just need milestones because we're human, and you need to be able to look far enough ahead to say, okay, if we're going here, we'll be able to be at that point 
six months from now. That's part of progress. That's part of the way we work. And of course, what that point is depends on your business. It might be the next version launch. It might be the next item in your bakery that we were talking about. It might be a new location for the restaurant. It might be another website or a new take or relaunch or what have you. Milestones help us turn business planning from theoretical wanderings to specifically. And then along with milestones, we want to list our assumptions. And there's a specific reason. If we list our assumptions, then every month when we review and revise, we'll start with, have our assumptions changed? And that leads us to, do we change the plan or do we just execute better? which is part of lean business planning and planning process, you're constantly going to be encountering that question. Do I change it or do I just execute better? So you've got milestones, you've got assumptions, and you really want to have metrics or measurement, which I think is one of the real areas for good creativity and management. It's not just sales in dollars and expenses in dollars. It's trips, it's calls, it's presentations, it's closes, it's how many people have been served, how many people walked in, where's your placement in Google. Business is full of things that you can put in your plan to help the people who are charged with execution see when they're doing well and worry a little bit when they're not doing well. You need those things, and people like those things, too. The, the measurements, the internal measurements, particularly when they're objective and not subjective. I go in every morning, and if I have more Twitter followers, then cool, I'm doing my job. And if I have fewer Twitter followers, I'm not. There's an objective measurement of something. Is it possible, and maybe you have some common milestones that people put up that are actually not helpful milestones that might look like milestones that are worth going for, but when you actually go to them, you realize that didn't objectively help the business. Oh, yes, and I'm grateful for that question because it, it gives me a chance to, to point this out. They have to be concrete and specific and measurable. The world of business planning over decades has been full of the non-measurable, hypothetical, useless milestone like we want to have the best customer service in the world you know okay great how are you going to measure that you know as opposed to we want to have resolutions at 0.95 of calls or something like that or our customer service we want to do something with returns where we've got yeah, if you can't measure it, it's not really useful for management. And milestones have been traditionally full of this stuff that actually it sounds good, be the best, you know, and all that stuff. But if you can't measure it, it's useless. That's great. So, Jonathan, you ready for the F word? Fail? Oh, wait, that was the other episode. Did we do that already? Yeah, we did. Okay. Is this another F word? This one's, I think, scarier for some people. Uh, maybe then failure. I I'll tell you, for me, personally, yeah, financials, not a, not, a, not, a, uh, not a happy place for me. Yeah, that's where I start to see my eyes glaze over. and. Yeah. I like to make it easier by having someone else do it. Is that fair? 
I think it's fair. I'd like to see other people do you it for me. You approve of my, my lifestyle? Okay, yeah, great. That's fine. So, Tim, what is, a, what is a person like me? What is a person like people out there who, who really just, you know, they get scared, their stomach turns when they see those financials, those P&Ls, not their favorite things. So how do, how do we deal with this, this F at the end here? Forecasting helps management and is not scary if you understand that it's educated guessing done well with assumptions that tie things together and that the business owner who knows her business is a better forecaster than the fanciest, most sophisticated econometric PhD forecasts that have ever been done. And secondly, the use of it isn't some theoretical guess the future right, it's because you're going to manage. So you go through your sales forecast, not just wild guessing as a percent of market share, but okay, we're gonna have this many stores, we're gonna have this many units per month per store. You go through your sales forecast, you break it into assumptions with the confidence that you'll be wrong. All business plans are wrong, all forecasts are wrong. We're human, we're predicting the future, but having the forecast gives you then the tools to look every month how it's wrong and manage better and do course corrections because, okay, we were wrong, but hooray, product A sold much better than we expected. So now, because we had a forecast, we can manage expectations and say that means, therefore, we can put more marketing money into product A. And if product B sold worse than expectations, okay, we've got a forecast, this is about management, we don't give a damn why we were right or wrong, but now we know that we were wrong and in what direction, so now we can correct. We'd better cut spending on this or review our marketing and figure out why it's selling less, make corrections. And see, you can't have the correction system without having the financial forecast. And the forecast doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to be CPA or MBA. You have to flow through a set of assumptions and take it step by step and do your lists and do your tables and just have patience with it and anybody can do it. If you know how to run your business, you can forecast. All right. I believe it. I'll try it. I promise. I'm confident now. I'm going to really? do it. Yep. All right, but you said something interesting there, this idea of the plan being wrong. I mean, the assumption that the plan is going to be wrong in some way, whether it's the financials or, you know, some of the assumptions about the market at large. And I think there's an interesting sort of metaphorical overlap there, right? If you look at, like, the Eric Reese book about the lean startup, you have this notion that you're assuming that the product you put out there is wrong. You're willing to accept user feedback because you know that the user is at some level smarter about what they want than what you uh, know about them. So you're, you're, you're accepting the concept of being wrong. With the plan, it sounds like it's very critical. The lean plan, uh, it's critical to have this idea that you might be wrong about some of these assumptions or some of these assertions about how you're going to do over a period of time. And so, I mean, is it about releasing the ego? I mean, how do you start to accept that even your best efforts will always be a little bit wrong and just go back to running the business. Any advice there? Absolutely, because they're... My favorite metaphor for this is vacation planning. <laughs> Obviously, before you leave for the three-week trip with the family, you're going to have some idea about airplane tickets, reservations, seat reservations, the whole thing. But when you go on vacation, 
you know that it's not all going to play out exactly as you planned it. You're not going to sweat that. You're not going to spend too much time planning whether or not you're going to turn right or left when you get to this street when you're going to the restaurant in some other town. You're going to have a good general plan, and you're going to watch and manage that plan so that you can optimize given conditions. So with the business plan, you're not putting out everything that's going to happen no matter what over the next 12 months. You're constantly looking to what's expected and then you're watching and reviewing and revising. As those expectations fall short or are different, then you're managing the difference so you can maintain your trip. And if the flight gets canceled, you know that you had the hotel booked for that night, now you know to call the hotel, right? So it's dealing with reality, and business is reality. It's never going to go exactly as planned, but having the plan helps you look at what you're going to change and what you have to adopt. And, you know, in the, in the vacation, okay, I better call the hotel and tell them we're going to be late. Interesting. So there's also this element of, you know, some of the great American historical business pioneers, every, you know, sort of all these stories of, of in the face of odds, you know, against the plan, against all odds, this kind of uh, idea. Is there, you know, some merit to uh, believing that you are the most right person and that, you know, your customers are wrong, that, that all plans are wrong, that all financial forecasts are incorrect? Uh, you know, is there is there a value to, to trying that out, trying that hat on, or uh, or is there is there a balance there? I mean, how do, what's the best way to go? I think we're all doing some of that. I mean, we we are all guessing, and the value is in the lean. Taking those small steps and analyzing is better than hanging back and suddenly having some big thing. You know, I talk to people, I've been working for six months on this business plan, and I'm thinking, oh, God, don't. You know, what's, what's wrong? No, please don't. Work for four hours on the business plan, and life goes on in the meantime, constantly review and revise, constantly refresh. It's just for me, I think... I argue for that because that's reality. That's the way things work. And there's diminishing returns if we take too much time. But there's also chaos if we don't try to set directions forward and be able to track what we expected and how it's different. It's interesting. I think with some of the businesses I've seen... Uh, you know, at events like Startup Weekends or some of the, uh, you know, more like angel investment level conferences, a lot of times the idea is great, the market seems appealing, the experts are there, the company's all ready. And a lot of times it's the finances that really show you, uh, you know, just a quick financial projection will show you that maybe it's not actually worth going into business. Or maybe that's why it's such a good idea that no one has actually executed yet. Uh, because it's not even that sustainable, even if you get it up and running. You know, the, what the market's going to actually bear is not enough to keep the lights on. And as we've talked about, you know, the, the reason these businesses lose out is is not being able to generate the cash they need to stay up and running. So, you know, that's that's kind of my personal vouch for the for the F of stuff. Stuff. You, you'll never get it. It's <laughs> never going to sound good. I feel like that's pretty memorable. But that's okay. <laughs> 
So this is the part with the uh, movie star guests that we show a clip of the uh, upcoming film. Is that right, Jonathan? Yeah, usually. I mean, most of the time our movie star guests have some kind of an audio clip. But uh, today, uh, Tim, you're not a movie star, but you are an author, you are an expert, and I think you have a book coming out soon. Is that right? Yes, thank you. Uh, it's titled Lean Business Planning, published by Motivational Press, due out in September. The site for that is called leanplan.com. So that's great, leanplan.com. Get the book, check out the website. Also, Tim Barry, frequent author for bplans.com, as I'm sure everyone already knows. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the founding father, the reason Live Plan uh, exists. So, you know, a huge, uh, huge guest here today. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, thank you for being the source for a lot of our podcast discussions so far. We've talked through a number of Tim's articles uh, in our previous episodes. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, pr uh, particularly the huge guest. Let's make that huge but lean. <laughs> huge but lean. Huge in concept, lean in stature. Tim Barry, everyone. I don't know about that one either. <laughs> if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, send us an email at bcast at bplans.com. That's bcast at bplans.com. Our theme music is by Jasinski. The Bcast is brought to you by Palo Alto Software, makers of bplans.com and LivePlan. Visit bplans.com for everything you need to start planning and growing your business. Bplans.